You're listening to Eye on the Ball with Steve Rivera. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Eye on the Ball. I'm Steve Rivera, and you're listening to 1030 The Voice. Here with me, my co-host, Jay Gonzalez, and behind the mic on the other side, Mr. Tom Callahan, spinning some great tunes today, I'm sure, I'm sure. Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? A little hot, isn't it? It's really hot. It's really hot, but you know this is this is what we do. We're 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 here because we we take all the good that comes uh, from up to now. <laughs> yes, so, that's true. But it is it is dang hot. Yes, I just came too early. You know, maybe two more weeks or mid May, but it's it's. We, yeah, but you're here. We're here for a reason because it's so nice up up until now. Well, it's funny because if if you recall last May. It was great. It was great. Fantastic. And, and, yes. and I, I know that because I was out at Sugar Skulls practice every day yeah. during May, yeah. and it was beautiful. And I was telling the players, you guys have no idea how lucky right. you are this year. And for those of you who come back next year, just wait. Right. We're going we're, we're gonna to get it. And, well, how and did you know that? It. How did you know that? I just, it's true. I just knew. I just thought there's no way that it can be this cool again two, to two follow years May two, two years in a row. Yeah. And sure enough, it's already hot. It, right. it wasn't. I don't think it was this hot all of May of last year. No, you're right. It was a fantastic month. I remember that. In fact, this year, and I've said this for a number of years, our winters are like for seven days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven but, days. You know, but again, you know, the fact that we can go golfing in January and, you know, do whatever we want <laughs> right, to do right. and that kind of stuff while people are digging themselves out of snow, I don't I don't have a problem. Right, with right. And you're doing some golfing too. It's what, at 5.30 in the morning? I, 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 you know, I've been, I've been golfing in the afternoons, uh, going and playing a little nine hole somewhere, uh, you know, before the show, uh, just because, I, you know, I need to get some steps. You need to get I'm, a tan. I need to get some <laughs> steps. I need to get my color. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a little light for, for May <laughs> right now, so got to get my color too. But, uh, you know, just go play nine holes at uh, one of the executive courses I played Rolling Hills yesterday, been playing El Dorado, and, you know, you go out there, you play in about an hour, hour and 15, get some steps in and, and uh, catch a little sun. If I went to golf and I came in here, I'd be PO'd all the time because I'm horrible. Well, oh, God, you go! Well, I, I, I missed a three-foot putt yesterday that cost me $10, and so what am I going to do, you know? But <laughs> I have a lot, I have, you know, it's just, I, I don't even care how I play anymore, I just have fun playing. Yeah, cool, cool. Hey, when's the last time you had a 20% cut on your paycheck? <laughs> Not that long ago, actually. <laughs> that was a trick question. <laughs> that was a trick question. But you so saw what happened I, when I, you I, I had a 100% cut on my paycheck not too long ago, so that's the way it goes. Well, you saw what happened this morning? I did, you know, and and uh, I think we, they, they had to do that. Yeah. You know, the, the coaches, right. uh, they had to step up. Everybody else is, is going through through some tough times right now. There's people who have no jobs because, right. of, because, of, uh, because of the pandemic. So for the coaches to step up and do that, and Dave, he as well um, you know it just it's just a, shows you know that they, that they understand where where people are right now and, and the things that, that everybody's going through so I thought it was a thought it was a good move it made a lot of sense but on the other hand I think they almost had to do that yeah for for good faith for good looking for for a lot of different reasons for a lot of different reasons yeah, yeah which is about 1.5 in that area that's that's a lot of money to that's be a saved. lot of money you yeah. know but you know they're 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 doing furloughs and and, and pay cuts across right. campus mm-hmm. so you know for excuse me for them to step up and say okay we're going to do this i think that was big and i and i and i you know i i as a fan 
as the the parent of two two students at the U of A right. and just somebody who who cares about you know what's going on here. I really do appreciate what they've done. I think I don't know if I've asked you this as a guest in the past, uh, and now you're doing the show with me. Uh, how do you separate yourself from being a fan? Because I know you're a huge fan, and, and then and then kind of saying you know what uh, this team isn't doing that well or doing that well. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Well, let, you know, even but, as a reporter back in the day. Well, well, you know it's funny because when when I became a, when I became the football writer I, I mean I was as rabid a fan as anybody you mm-hmm. know tailgating and mm-hmm. I, I I bought my first season tickets and I've had season tickets since I was a junior in high school so you know going into that I really wondered how I was going to handle it. I wasn't sure. Right. And it's funny that my reporter instincts kicked in immediately and I became a reporter mm-hmm. and uh, for 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 two years I you know, I I felt like I covered the program in a very um, fair, you fair, to, yeah. and and impartial way. Did, I, was I, I rooting for them to win a little bit? Sure, but not because I wanted Arizona to win. I wanted to go to a bowl game. Oh, really? you know, I wanted them to do well, you know, to be able to cover those things. You know, when when I covered the '88 basketball team that went to the Final Four. I was rooting hard for right, them, not right. not visibly, but inside I was rooting for them because I wanted to cover Final Four. I totally get. It. I see that now with the kids that are covering the team, you know, because it's Hanson, me, and Bruce as the older guys, kind of like we've been here before, and yeah, yeah, grumpy old men. But uh, back in the day, I kind of, to your point, kind of not rooted for them, but I enjoy a, a, a winning locker room rather than a losing locker room. Losing locker rooms were bad. Suck. Losing locker those. rooms were bad. I mean, uh, you know, one, you know, there were a couple really bad ones that I. Really Call one was um, Arizona. They were at UCLA, a Troy Aikman team. I remember that. And uh, remember Chuck that. Cecil and and the and the uh, the Arizona had brought in Bobby Waters, the quarterback from from SMU, mm-hmm. and uh, he broke his thumb in the game. And Ronald Veal ended up coming into the coming into play, and they they got beat. And at that time, um, Chuck Cecil was roommates with Bobby Waters. So they were basically best friends. And 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 Waters had broken his thumb and he was going to be out, I think, for the season or close to it. And I remember going into that locker room and I, I wanted to go talk to Chuck. Was uh, it Dick's first year? It was Dick's first year. 87. I, I, I ended up covering that. I, I filled in for Jack Magruder for that game. So okay. I, I wasn't the beat writer on that so game. So they didn't really know who you were? They didn't really know me at all. Right. And I walked in and Chuck Cecil had this look on his face. If you've ever seen the picture of him in the Packers, uniform on the cover of <laughs> on the cover of uh, uh, SI. SI. Yeah. He looked like Mary Poppins in that picture compared to what he looked like when I saw him in that Don't locker come room. Close to me. I didn't even want to go near him, but I but I did. And that was an ugly locker room. And then then the other another one was um, Arizona, uh, I think they tied Washington at home, and the kicker, I think it was Gary Costin, missed a field goal at the buzz at the buzzer uh-huh. and and they tied. I remember that was like 88, 88, 89 yeah. time frame. And so we, we go into the locker room and everybody makes a beeline for Costin. And I can't, I, somebody threw a chair. I don't remember uh, who it was. I don't remember that. But somebody threw a chair that went flying across the locker room between us and Gary Costin. Uh-huh. And, and they, you know, they were upset that, you know, you wanted to talk to them. You know, we were, we were like yeah. a bunch of 
pit bulls running after after Gary Costin. So, you know, to your point, you know, a, a winning locker room is way more fun than a losing. No locker question, room. no question. That was probably the only time. And I'm not a UA grad, so I kind of have no skin in the game emotionally. But that was my reason to win because it's an easier thing to deal with. It's a better story. Sure, it's a better story. It's a lot more, a lot easier to write the guy. You get better quotes. Yes, <laughs> yes, and you need quotes. And, with, you, and you need quotes. You need guys to talk to you. Again, we talked about right. the the losing locker room when Arizona lost to Alabama in the uh, in the NCAA tournament in 1990 that was an awful locker room yeah but uh you know in that particular instance you know the guys were you know were were professional they were classy and Mm -hmm. they they handled it really well and so you you just never know you just know well now we don't even get a sniff of the locker room wow that's true too so things have changed a whole different whole lot different right even then you don't get much on the podium yeah it's just not yeah exactly so you know it's uh you know so yeah I, i think reporters who say i don't root for the teams i cover Maybe visibly, they're not jumping up and down right. in the in the press box. But again, to to get a better story, winning stories are easier, easier to, write to write than losing stories, especially on a deadline. You need exactly. every moment. Hey, exactly. let's take a quick break here and come back. We'll talk to Mr. Johnson here on the other side. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on Ten Thirty. The Voice. I'm your host Steve Rivera with my co-host Jay Gonzalez, and now on the phone we have Nick Johnson, former UA great basketball player. Nick, how the heck are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Great to have you on the show. Uh, one of the best players in the last 10 years. I, I'm i not uh, saying anything that I, people don't I, already know. I don't know. think you're saying anything out of line there. No, no. How, <laughs> hey, you, you did something a couple of days ago. What the heck are you thinking? And then you pull it off. What's going on with you? Yeah, I mean, um, basically the story is I, I was at my mom's place, actually, and uh, one, of her, one of her neighbors is a, is a former Marine, and... He, uh, he he does marathons. He actually has a goal to do 20 uh, in 2020. And he was kind of just, you know, like saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm running on Sunday. And I kind of made the little, like, comment, hey, I, w- I would love to do that. Like, I've, honestly, I, I really always wanted to do that. Um, and Saturday, probably midday, I text him. I was like, let's do this thing. And so I went and got my shoes, and uh, I ran a marathon. It was it – was, uh, it was a good experience. It was, it was crazy, though. Nick, people fall out of bed and do a lot of things, okay? But they don't <laughs> fall out of bed and run marathons. I mean, I, I don't fall out of bed and drive 26 <laughs> miles anywhere. Well, you know, I, I mean, how, in reality, how hard was that? It, it was really hard. Uh, you know, running running that much. And, I mean, I, I'm, we've all been in quarantine, so I haven't been – working out as as much as I, I should or, or used to or whatever. So I was, uh, it was a little rough, but I mean, it definitely, uh, it's something I want to do again, honestly. It, it's, uh, it, it's a lot mental. So it, it, it definitely, you know, got, got my mind, uh, sharper, I would say. Uh, what mile marker did you say? What the heck was I thinking? And I got to go home. <laughs> um, honestly, I, at like five mi- or five miles, I was like, man, like that's probably the the most I've ran. I, I would say I've I probably did five six miles before outside or something like that. But um, definitely at five, I was like, okay, you know, you got to push through. And I would say about eighteen nineteen is where I was like, all right, we're we're downhill now. We we just got to you know keep this pace. And honestly, I I, I want to do it again just because you know my my groin was cramping a little bit at, at the end, and I want to. I want to see how how much faster I, I can get. I, I I think I'll be able to get a little bit a little bit faster. Did you ever come close to stopping? Oh no no! I, 
it, it, it's funny because we, we started at 4 a.m., you know, just because we didn't want to be running when it was 100 out. And I, I told my girl the night before, my mom, I was like, there's no way I'm not doing this. Like, because that, that's, that's the whole thing with, with marathons or distance running or whatever. You know, it, it, it's really all about your mind. You know, they say your your mind is going to give up before your body does. And so my the, the day before, my brother and my dad, they were sending me all the David Goggins stuff and all his videos and stuff like that. So I got a little motivation from that. Where Did, did you have a time in mind or was it just all I want to do is finish? It, it was, you know, I, I, I wanted to get somewhere in the four, four hour four hour mark um i ended up getting 453 and like i said i i really wasn't really gassed at the end like i wasn't breathing hard hard really at any point it was just more so my body and so it, it got to the point where i was like all right let, let's just finish as fast as i can and then hopefully this next time i'll, I'll be able to get closer to, to my goal how much do you miss uh juve you've been out just about a handful of years a little bit more maybe yeah yeah so this is this would have been my sixth year, or I mean, this was my sixth year pro. Right. So I, I've been gone a, a, a while, but I mean, it's nice, you know. Every summer, I, I make it a point to get down there for a few weeks to a month, and, and you know, go down there, work out with some of the new recruits, and see Coach Miller, see Coach Rounds, and stuff like that. Usually, myself and, and, and Caleb uh, get down there at some point. We rent a little place down there, and. So it's definitely not the same, but I mean, it's, it's always nice going back. Yeah. You've been overseas a bunch. So how much, how much are you actually able to, you know, to follow the program, follow what's going on, uh, you know, see how they're doing, you know, check in on it, even talk to coach Miller. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I tried to as much as possible. Um, obviously the time changed. I, I was 10 hours uh, from Arizona a lot this year. So it was, uh, it was a little bit, a little bit harder this year. Um, but I mean, especially with like Nico and Josh, you know, them being Arizona kids, kind of, uh, I, I had worked out with both of them. I worked out with Nico when he was really young, um, with, with Brendan Lavender actually. So I definitely, you know, always would catch the highlights or, or, or the scores and look at the stats and stuff like that. So, and I, I mean, with coach Miller, I, I you know, I, he checks up on me, you know, every, every so often. And I always get down there and, go to dinner with him and Amy and, and a few other guys down there. I wonder if you think about this, because I do, uh, having covered the team for a number of years now, how much that ball, if had that ball fallen in that first Wisconsin game, how much life would have changed for so many people? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, uh, I try not to think about that, you know, the what ifs or whatever, but I mean, it's definitely, um, especially just still being in the, in the sport of basketball, you run into so many people that you're connected to, or, I mean, you know, Sam Decker was over, uh, over in Europe this year and, you know, me and him kind of tweet back and forth at each other sometimes and stuff like that. So I definitely get reminded of it, but I mean, Hey, I, I don't even go to the, to the whole Wisconsin thing. It's more so the, the whole Brandon Ashley. I mean, if, if, right. if he wouldn't have got hurt, I, I feel like, it, it didn't matter who they put us in front of. It, it would have been a, a victory. You, you didn't fight Sam Decker because I know I wanted to fight him when all that <laughs> happened. You you didn't fight him? <laughs> no, no. It, it, honestly, he's a, he's a good guy, and it, it it pains me to say that. But I remember actually my second year with, with Houston, going into my second year, right before I got traded, they had, I they actually drafted him, and it was kind of like this big thing and. Um, 
we messed with each other a few times. Uh, but no, it, it, it's all good. Obviously, you know, wish you could go back and, and make a few more plays, but it is what it is. Let me say, uh, say this. Had that ball gone in, you would have never had to buy another beer in Tucson the rest of your life. <laughs> Honestly, I don't even know if I still still have to buy a beer. <laughs> that, that is true. true. That is true. absolutely that is absolutely true. So, so Nick, um, the the U of A's got a really interesting recruiting class coming in a bunch of yeah. uh, a bunch of international guys and, and that type of thing. That type of thing. I, I want to ask you a question that's kind of backwards to what maybe what are, what advice can you give to them about what they should expect coming here. You know, as 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 international players, um, you know the the kind of game that they're going to face, the kind of coaching that they're gonna they're gonna go through. What you know, what should they know coming in? Now, and I'm, yeah, I'm asking I mean, this because you you know you've been overseas, you've played their game. What's what's yeah. it going to look like to them here? Honestly, basketball, is, especially over there, like I say this a lot, it reminds me a lot of the European game in in, in college is very similar, just because. It's a lot more, you know, team basketball and actually knowing how to play the game of basketball rather than, you know, the NBA is just the, the best athletes in the world, the best basketball players in the world, but the best athletes. And, it, you know, it's a lot of one-on-one and stuff like that. And so I feel like the Europeans definitely have, you know, the skill part. And, I mean, as a, as a freshman, you know, is going to have a struggle with, you know, playing against older people, grown men. You know, when you're a senior in college, you're pretty much – you you pretty much you know reach your physical you know peak of strength and, and athleticism and stuff like that and so I they you know they're definitely going to struggle with that at, at sometimes but that's only only natural but I would say it, it's not really much of a di- difference because the basketball is so universal now. Uh, I wanted to kind of go back through through some players. You, you, last time you played here, it was a stacked group. It was obviously a fantastic uh, athletes, basketball players. You guys loved each other's uh, each other. It, at least it looked like that. Could I throw some? Just maybe you give me some one liners on the guys I'm going to throw out. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Oh, okay. Aaron Gordon. Man, I, at, at least when I played with him, he was just a, a kid out there. Like it, it looked like he was out, out at the park playing. He, he always had fun. And he, uh, I mean, he, he worked his tail off. And, uh, I mean, I think people are seeing that now, you know, in, in the last couple of years, he's really taken the next step of being, you know, on the verge of a franchise player, like, you know, the the, the score, the shooter and stuff like that, that, he, that he's worked to become. TJ? Yeah, it's my boy. TJ, I mean, just the, the bulldog of, of all bulldogs. You know, it, I, I always tell people, doesn't matter what kind of who TJ is playing with, he's always going to do what TJ does. He's going to get you, you know, he's going to hit a few mid ranges. He's going to sneak in for a few layups, but he's always going to do the hustle things, dive on the floor, um, make the right read, stuff like that. And I mean, that's why he's been so successful in, in his career. Real quick, let me ask you you know, TJ was one of those guys that, uh, you know, people saw him. He didn't have a great shot, he ran the court you know, ran the team really well and stuff like that. But, you know, I thought he's an NBA player because just because yeah. of all the things that he could do, you know, when you see that he's there and he's still there, I mean, is, are you surprised at all? Are you, I'm, obviously you're oh, happy no. for him, but did, did you think that he was going to be able to do that? Of course. I, I was the main one that told TJ when he transferred. I'm like, you have to – the only person that's going to get in the way of TJ is TJ. You know, he had to get the confidence in himself to – 
to say, hey, I can play with anybody, and he, and he really can. And so, obviously, you see that now. He, he, he goes out and, I mean, especially when he was with Philly, he got, he got the opportunity to play. That was the biggest thing, you know. You get that opportunity, he took advantage of it. Um, and, I mean, the rest is history, really. What about uh, a couple more? Rondé? The freakiest athlete I've ever played with, just as far as length, being able to stay in front of people, um, and just, I mean, the, 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 the goofball of the group, definitely. Yeah, and I last – go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, and he – go ahead. No, I mean, he, he's, he's, you know – had a few ups and downs in his career just because, you know, some injury or, or this and that. But, I mean, I think you saw this year with Toronto, he, you know, when, when he was on the floor, he he really, you know, got his little niche, you know, playing defense, playing hard. And, I mean, I think a lot of people had questions about him because they didn't really know what position he was, if he was going to be able to knock down the shot or whatever. But, I mean, I think he's done a great job. And uh, Brandon Ashley, like you said before. Yeah, Brandon. I mean, I think – out of all people, Brandon would have benefited the most by him not getting hurt. You know, that that was tough for him, definitely. Um, he was – I always I always say this. He was our second-best player, I, I think, on that year by far. I mean, he was the one that spaced the floor for us. He um, could get an isolation bucket. Um, and so, I mean, he's definitely had, uh, I know, a career that he probably wouldn't say he expected. But, I mean, he's still an amazing player and – I mean, he has a lot of years left in him. A lot of people don't know. Brandon was like a year younger than, than everybody in his grade. And so, I mean, he he definitely still has a lot to give. We have about uh, a minute left in this segment here. Uh, so that group was like undefeated for like 21-0. You guys are moving moving along. You 22 go to Cal- Don't jip us. <laughs> <laughs> 22, I stay corrected. And go went to Cal. He gets hurt. But you guys still had that mojo. You still had that, a lot of the mojo. Uh, played really well and just kind of run into a buzzsaw. Did you guys, what did you guys think when all that happened? Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely were confident. We, we obviously lost some games after Brandon got hurt. But, I mean, we still – I mean, we were still one seed. We still were going into the tournament, you know, feeling like we could win it. Um, and we ran into a, a tough team. You know, Frank got hot at, in the second half. Honestly, going into the, going into the halftime, we, we felt really comfortable. Um, you know, I, I want to say we were up maybe five or six, and we, we felt really comfortable. But, I mean, that, that's so much about the tournament. It, it's – who gets hot at the right time, um, and, you know, we, our, our run ended. You want to come back for the second segment and talk more about uh, you and your life? Of course. Okay, we'll come back here with uh, Mr. Nick Johnson here on the other side here on 1030 The Voice. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera here with me, Jay Gonzalez, and Nick Johnson of the – Formerly of the U of A, so go ahead, Nick. So you you you've been overseas on you know few different places. Um, first of all, you know, just what's it like to be playing basketball in Turkey? What's you know what's the game like? What's the you know what's the culture? I mean, what kinds of things are you able to take in over there? And, and how how are you doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing good. It, it, like I said, it's definitely a, a lot different game in Europe. Um, but I, honestly, I'm blessed. We we had a really good year this year. Um, Wish we we would have been able to finish it, but uh, you know all that all that's still up in the air. But I mean, it, it, it's pretty cool. I mean, I would say Turkey's probably one of the top leagues in Europe. You know, Spain and Turkey have like the two you know biggest teams. I would I would say, and they're they're having the best year. So it, it was definitely a good experience. Um, 
I had uh, I, I would say probably my my best year professionally so far. So it was good. You take it in the culture. Have you learned some language? I mean, I know a little bit, uh, but I we definitely got to travel around a little bit. I, I went to Cappadocia and, and got uh, got on the hot air balloons and and did a few other little stuff there. So it was pretty uh, pretty cool. They gave us a little bit of time off. So it's funny. I saw the podcast you and Justin yesterday. I'm thinking, what's up with the stash? You're going to bring back the stash in this COVID situation. Yeah, I'm, I'm growing out a, a little a little quarantine stash right now. So <laughs> I figured out. I don't really have to be in front of the cameras right now, so I can I can do what I want. So, so you talked a little bit about the the game being different, and, and let, let me get back to the the guys that are going to be coming you know coming to the U of A. You know, uh, how will their game work over here, and what you know what as a fan, what you know what should we expect to see when those guys get here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's so much about skill now. You see that a lot with you know, the Steph Curry's of the world and stuff like that. I mean, he's one of the best players in the world. And, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, he would, that's just not the prototype. And so I I feel like that's what they're going to excel at. You know, I I don't know much about the recruits coming, but I'm sure a lot of them can shoot or or they have, you know, some skills that maybe a, a kid out of high school here wouldn't necessarily have. What are your thoughts? You were three and done, which was great uh, for U of A. They, they fell in love with you. They knew who you were. What do you What do you get from the one and done? What, what's your What do you stand on that? I mean, to me, as as a college basketball fan as well. I mean, because I, I, you know, I love watching um, the game. I I have no problem with it. Honestly, I would like. I would much rather have a have a guy like Aaron come to Arizona for one year and have the privilege to, you know, watch him, play with him, than him go straight out of high school, which he would probably been have been one of the candidates that, that you know, would have went out. So, I mean, it, it is a little bit of a tease, and, you know, uh, maybe some college fans don't really like it, but I, you know, I'm, I'm looking from the other side, and I, I think that it's, you know, a privilege to, to have those guys in, in college for one year. Uh, and you saw the new G League. They're gonna get some. They're gonna get some money. Uh, yeah, no, could, I, I could change the game. It, it really could. Um, I think the NCAA is gonna have to make some changes. So you know, a, a lot of those top guys don't do that. But I mean, to to me, the, there was nothing like college. You know, the atmosphere, especially down in Tucson, how you're treated when you're you're on the basketball team is, is unlike anything else. You know, and so. I think a lot of those people still, a lot of the kids and, and, and parents of, of the kids still value that. You know, you know, going to a school where your your student section is going to come support you when you're walk, walking on campus and you're around the city. You know, they they know who you are and stuff like that. And so, I I really think that you know the college is definitely going to have to change a little bit, but. I think that that's priceless, that experience. So, Nick, where, where, where do you stand with your career? I mean, you know, you've been a pro for six years now. You, you know, you had, a, you, you had some time in the NBA. You, you know, you did the G League. You're, you're overseas. I'm assuming you're still probably making pretty good money. Now, as you, as you sit here, you know, six years into it, you know, what's on your mind? Where do you want to be? You know, where, where do you want to – I mean – I'm not going to put words in your mouth so and say you know you probably want to be in the NBA, but you know if you're you're looking at you know where you've been and where you're headed, you know where do you think you're going to wind up, say, three, four, five years down the road? 
Yeah, I mean, I, you know, always yeah, I'm, I'm always thinking about life after basketball for sure, and you know, I, I, that's honestly why you know I make so so much of an effort to to go down to Tucson because I mean I would love to to coach down there, um, be on Coach Miller's staff, and eventually, you know, be a head coach. Um, and but I mean, I still got a lot left in in my tank. I, I, I'm still. Uh, still getting better every year I feel like and um obviously you know the 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 final goal is is to play in the NBA again and and stuff like that but I if I don't then I mean I'm I'm very content with playing overseas and you know like you said you you make really good money over there um I I averaged 30 minutes a game this year so I got to play I got to have the ball in my hands and stuff like that but I'm always you know thinking about life after basketball whether it's going into the business side um and just making connections and stuff like that. You know, this game has blessed me to travel around the world and meet a lot of different people, a lot of interesting people that have their foot in a lot of different things. And so definitely thinking about that. Well, no question that you were one of the fan favorites uh, in the last 10 years, no question, in, in Sean Miller's time, because when the team was very good, uh, you were affable, you were available, things like that. So that helps, too, with your visibility. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it definitely. That's that's why you know I always show my face down there. I, I always, uh, every time I get down there, I try to go to dinner with Cole and Jeannie. Just uh, those, those are my people. I, I love them too. So, um, just try to you know try to stay in the loop. I, I know I'm far away uh, when when I'm over overseas playing, but um, just try to stay present, basically. So, so as you go along, um, you, you mentioned you know you want you want to be a coach. What kinds of things are you picking up? Who you you know who are the people? I, I imagine Sean Miller is one of the people that you're you know you look at. But who are some of the people that you paid attention to when it comes to you know your future as a potential coach somewhere? Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, coach coach has been great. But I mean, just so many there's there's so many coaches. I mean, just Coach Pasenek at UCSB. Um, Danny Peters was a big guy for me when I was there and now he's back at U of A and I've, I've really kept in contact with him. And I mean, I've always had a passion for um, learning the game and teaching the game, even like with my team, you know, I'm always pretty much the most vocal um, player on my team. And, you know, I try to be the leader and stuff like that. And so just little stuff like that, that uh, propels me into, you know, after basketball, I have a little brother who's 12. So, we actually just got done working out uh, about an hour ago, um, so I definitely have a passion for it. Well, well I'm sorry, no, I was going to say, why? What is the where does that passion come from? Why do you, you know, why do you want to be a coach? I mean, some guys just want to play and they want to be done and you know go on to something else. You know, what is it? What is it that you see that coaching will bring you? I mean, I, I just always have liked, I mean, going back to when I was a little kid and, and learning and stuff like that, I've always had a, a, a good basketball mind, I feel like, and being uh, having my camps when I, when I was done playing at the U of A, having kids there and just interacting with that, teaching them the game. Um, I, I just think it's, you know, it's a, it's a really, really valuable thing. And I also know, I mean, I'm, I'm – I have a, a very – I think I have a good perspective on, on life. I mean, I get to play a game for a living and, and make a decent amount of money. And so, I mean, coaching would just be that um, without the playing. You know, I get to teach and still stay in the game that I love, that I've done since I was a little kid. My family has been in it. So it's just a, a, another way when, you know, the ball stops bouncing for you. What, uh, if you could, we have about three or four minutes left, uh, maybe a couple of great moments for you down here as a player. Can you recall them? 
Oh, man. Um, I would say, honestly, this this may be a shock, but uh, I remember my first game, uh, it was an exhibition. We lost to Seattle Pacific. Um, and I would say that was a great moment because I realized that it wasn't going to be easy. Um, we had just They had just came off an Elite Eight with Derek. He had left second pick in the draft, and we were so hyped. We had a good class coming in. Um, and we lost that game. I remember that. And from there on, like, I, I I knew, man, it, it, you know, it's not high school anymore. It's not just going to be, hey, you can come out there and, and the most talented person wins. So you just got to keep on working. Um, I would say one of my favorite moments probably would have been my sophomore year uh, in Hawaii, San Diego State, the block. That's right, um, yeah. And then obviously the, the whole last year was, was just a, a big memory uh, of mine, which was amazing. Yeah, so Nick, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, and so I'll, I'll throw it out there. I was your statistician the whole time you were there. I'm the guy that ran yeah. the stat computer, and so yeah. all of your points, rebounds, assists, steals are because of me. Just so you know that, all right? <laughs> hey, well, so you're making I all that money because more, of me. <laughs> I thought I averaged more assists. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Every U of A basketball player who finds out that that's what I do, that's what they say. And I'll just, and I'll just tell you, we were we've always been pretty generous uh, for no, uh, I, for assists in Tucson. <laughs> you got you got some assists in Tucson that I'm sure you didn't you weren't going to get anywhere else. <laughs> hey, that sounds good to me. Hey, thanks for assisting us today. It was another assist that you got to put it on the stats, there, Jay. Absolutely, Nick. Could I, you know, I'd love to you know have another chat with you someday. We you know we wish you all all the best. And you know what? Do a little training next time. Next time you run a marathon, I mean. This whole idea of just getting up, okay, I'm going to run a marathon today. I don't know, man. I don't know how good that is for you. <laughs> no, I will, I will, guys. Thanks for having me. Great. That was Nick Johnson. Thanks a bunch, Nick. Nick Johnson, join us for the Eye on the Ball show here on 1030 The Voice. Let's take a quick break here and come back on the other side, Tom. Is that cool? You're ready for me. Good. Hey, welcome back to Eye on the Ball here on 1030 The Voice. I'm Steve Rivera with my co-host, Jay Gonzalez. Tom Calhan behind the booth. Hey, um, did you see that the NBA might start? It's getting close. Who knows? A tease. Who, who knows? You know, I, 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 right now I'd, I'd take anything. You know, I was, <laughs> I was talking to Jason Barr at Kagan about uh, about Korean baseball, and I, I mean, I'll I'll take anything right now. I really will. Right. What Tom? Did you see some stuff about baseball out there? Uh, I did. The Major League Baseball is expecting by the end of the week they're going to have a return to play proposal. Uh, now that does not mean. It's going to be accepted. It doesn't mean everybody's going to like it, but this is going to be the the roadmap to try to start things back. So they're talking about spring training mid-June and possibly a season starting in early July. A tease is a tease. We'll take it. Right. Yeah. You know, tomorrow I, tomorrow we might, we'll, be, we'll be talking about the NFL schedule. It's supposed to come out at 4.30 tomorrow. So, again, who knows if it's real. But you know what? We'll talk about it. Yeah. Hey, by the way, it was good to have uh, – Nick Johnson on. It was great to have Nick. You know, he was he was one of the good guys that, yeah, that, that yeah. you think about. You know, you, you think about all the guys that have come through the program, and they've mostly been good guys. But, you know, there have been some guys that you've thought, okay, that guy wasn't such a great guy. <laughs> right, 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 right. And we, we won't name names, but, you know, Nick was one of the ones that uh, came through, and uh, the, this town fell in love with him, and, and, and for good reason. You, right, know? Right. He, you know, when he was talking about the times that he uh, – that, that were special to him and he, that he remembered. Uh, you know, when I think of Nick Johnson, I think of the of, of an alley oop dunk that he did yeah, in the yeah, Pac-12 right. tournament, where the, uh, I was I'm I'm sitting at the press table and the ball goes up and I'm like, 
that ball's out of bounds and he somehow went up and got it and threw it down and it, you know the whole arena erupted and and you know that athleticism you just thought you know people just don't get that they they they're born with it they mm-hmm. have it and you know clearly you know Nick is doing everything he can to make the most of having that talent and they had him they had Aaron Gordon who did the same things uh, athletically uh, uh, Brendan Ashley was kind of in that arena before he got hurt Rondé was kind of free like he said freaky I wouldn't freaky it? guy freaky guy and then TJ McConnell was kind of the old guy running it all <laughs> right you know right. you and need one of, you I, need him I loved him yeah. I, I love TJ McConnell I'm so happy for him that he's in the NBA and and uh, and is you know more for more than a cup of coffee right, you know right. you really were pulling for him and uh, you know he was here for a couple of years and he was as loved as anybody that came through here no in fact we were talking about being a reporter on the beat for a long time or whatever um the the tj mcconnell's the nick johnson's the the aaron gordon's to a degree you get to know these guys and they're very likable and you're never going to write a bad word about them because there's nothing to write bad about them. well sure and and that's and that's what you like you know and you, you like getting getting to know these guys and as as reporters we you know we were able to do that it, it's a little more difficult right now with you know with the way things are and and, and they're being careful yeah. restrictions because of social media and that kind of stuff but you know when when you get to see these guys and know these guys you, you know you find out they're they're kids mm-hmm. they're kids and they're having fun right. and yeah they've got their sights set on the NBA and all those things but you know the ones that are really having fun are the ones that that you you, you can develop that kind of a relationship mm-hmm. with them the guy that I thought like that this year and I, I did a big story for somebody uh, was um, t- oh I just lost it um, the uh, the big guy today the freshman um, t- <laughs> I just not not Mannion not Green oh Enjai Enjai <laughs> he, he played like it too like he was having yeah. fun uh, he was enjoying himself uh, and doing great and, and you like that you know and, and uh, look I, I'm not a basketball coach and I you know I see what I see and I you know I just felt like when you watch Nico play you just felt like the weight of the world was right, on his shoulders right. he, and he was right. a freshman he was trying to do all these things and for whatever reasons he felt he was doing those whether he was trying to impress NBA scouts or he felt I'm a freshman I'm the point guard I need to be in charge and they need to be right. doing everything well I, it, it just seemed to me like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders and, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it, was, it was you know the, the kid is obviously extremely talented people see things that we obviously don't mm-hmm. because he's going to probably be a top 10 NBA draft pick mm-hmm. but you know um, some some of these kids come through here and and, and you, you, you're you not sure that they're having a whole lot of fun and I'm, that's not to say that I know he wasn't I'm sure he was but there were times when you just looked at him and you thought man this is this is hard for him yeah no question you can see the wheels spinning and 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 for Nenjai, uh, what a fantastic year because he just came on the scene. Right, he came out of nowhere, and he, I mean, he was a he was a highly touted recruit, but you know, people didn't know what they what we were going to get from him. Uh, you know, once he got in there, and you know, he he made his uh, he he took his position at the beginning of the season, and and he let people know who he was, and he was a force all year long. So so, give me your best interview, best quote. I don't think I've asked you this yet. Not named Kurt or Elliot. Oh God. Um, boy, that's a that's a hard one. On on the basketball side, I'm gonna have to say somebody like uh, like an Anthony Cook was great. Oh, really, really, yeah, I loved Anthony Cook. I thought you said like Tobert. 
Well, Tolbert was just a nut, and uh, it, it was really funny. He, we we had a, a great conversation. The, the 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 time I did his his big all encompassing senior story, and he was a really interesting story. It went in a lot of different directions. But Anthony Cook was a great interview because he spoke from the heart, and and you could tell that he was a kid who didn't think all this was going to happen for him and was going to happen to him yeah, yeah. because he was sort of an, an under the radar kind of guy. He, he, the, the whole time he was here, he was in Sean Elliott's shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but yet he, you know, he, he played a big role in what they were doing. And, um, you know, his, he had a, his dad had a tragic death uh, in, in, in a gun accident. And you could tell that there were just things about him that he was really a kid that was just, taking it all in and happy to be a part of it and just happy to be here mm-hmm. but then also was working really hard to uh you know to to make a name for himself you know he got drafted he, he, uh, he I, I think he got drafted by the suns then immediately got traded to denver uh, to he played denver. in denver yeah. I, I was uh, i was at his apartment on draft night and i remember buying him pizza no 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 Every, <laughs> there were other people there this time he fed me actually <laughs> and uh you know i i was covering his draft night uh for the paper that night and he was you know he was he was really excited to be drafted by the suns then he got traded and it was kind of like he immediately saw the, the the world of the NBA yeah. and, and what that was going to be like. But still considered one of the better centers in the program all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, well, he was actually a four because Tom Tolbert was the center that year. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, even though Anthony was taller, uh, uh, Tom Tolbert was the center in 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 uh, in, uh, in 88. Um, you know, on the football side, when you ask me that, Glenn Parker comes to mind. Yeah. You know, the, uh, you want to talk about a nut. You know, the guy had been on the beach, wasn't doing anything. A, a football coach convinced him to, uh, to come out right. and play junior college football. Right. And the next thing you know, he has a long career in the NFL. And, uh, you know, he was he was a really fun guy you know from the get go I, I loved him no I agree with you him and John Fina Fina was uh, the guy and I, I kid with him he's always the smartest guy in the room yeah John you know uh, John was one of those guys that again a hometown kid came here did really well and you know people people love the guy right right now both of them have kids who are going on to college to play football yeah but they're going elsewhere that's really making me mad <laughs> you've seen that more and more now well you know and even in ju- just the last couple of days you know we've seen some recruiting stuff on, on the for, for on the football side they've had some good news and some bad news they got a, they got a, a linebacker out of, out of Louisiana and right. I'm thinking you know, give me all the Louisiana players you you want to send. But um, there's a, a kid who had been at South Point, went over to Saguaro, uh, and he's going over. He's he's going somewhere else. He he listed his six schools, and one of those schools is ASU, which I'm sure that stings the U of A. Right. I think if that list had come out and was five schools and ASU wasn't on it, it wouldn't it wouldn't sting so much. But I think it stings quite a bit that uh, that uh, that uh, he's going over to uh, uh, somewhere else, and you know, not and not not to so this Jonah Miller. Out of, out of Suarez 6'8", 285 yeah, it's happened, kid, a heck, so. it's happened a heck of There's a lot. There's been a lot of that, you know. Right, right. Just, Tom, so did you almost make you cry over there talking about the good old days in Buffalo? Uh, you know what? If you could send me a couple more players like that, I would totally take them in a heartbeat. <laughs> you were in a heartbeat. You were like in your twenties, weren't you? When they were doing their what, stuff. The well, when they went to the four straight Super Bowls, that was my four years of high school. Oh, okay, so that was actually a fantastic time to be a Buffalo sports fan back in the day. But uh, I actually wanted to to get your thoughts, guys, on this because right now, okay, so Arizona football is down, obviously. But how much of that is the Herm Edwards versus Kevin Sumlin effect? 
and how much of it is just the actual programs? I'll say nothing. I'll say nothing in the comparison. It's just a weird time football-wise. I know Jay says that this is a football town. It's just dying to be a football town. It just can't get there. It's going to be a long time to get there. I think we're a ways off. I think we're a ways off, and I think that when you when you see what's going on right now, recruiting wise, uh, this this player right. that they got from L.A. I mean L.A. Los uh, uh, New Orleans. Louisiana, you know he's he's the first commit they've gotten for twenty twenty one, and you know I, I just seen the information. He said he, he Arizona was the last Power Five school to get a commit for twenty twenty one, and it's like I, I'm I'm curious as to what's going on over there. I'm, I'm I, I can't say sit here and say that I have any idea what the coaches are doing and what's going on with recruiting, mm-hmm. but it's you know it's a little it's a little dicey from where we sit and from what we get to see about what's going on with Arizona football. Well, one of the things that when they hired uh, Sumlin, they said, well. Maybe he can coach, but he can really recruit. Right, that and was it, the mo. Well, that it that was it, and that's that's you know that was the the reputation that he had, and so. I, who, who and who knows what's going on? You know, yeah. who, who knows what was going on when Rich Rod left, and and how long it takes to cycle through that, and, and whatever issues there are, but. Um, you know, it's and again, you you just never know. I mean, when the when Arizona went twelve and one in nineteen ninety eight, did the year before, did we think that was going to happen? No. I know I didn't. No, you know, I know that came out of nowhere. So yeah. you just don't know what's going to happen when they take the field. You know, we've got. Uh, I, I keep saying we. I got to stop doing that. I'm back in the media. Well, you have your doing that. Well, you have your UAV uh, shirt on. <laughs> but uh, you know, they, they they've got uh, you know a quarterback coming back who's you know who who looks really good and and hopefully he's going to be able to kind of take take charge and lead this team. Um I'm you know I'm a little disappointed that JJ Taylor left but I'm I don't blame him for leaving, you know, yeah. he uh, running back uh, running back position, you got X amount of hits left in you and so, you know, I I am I'm, I'm rooting for him and hope he hope he does well. So, it's just a matter of, you know, what are they building over there and what have they got? And, you know, a lot of times it's better to fly under the radar and people don't really pay attention to you because that's that's kind of been Arizona's MO. They come out of nowhere and they always have 2014, who thought they were going to do what they did in no, 2014 no and question. win the win the Pac-12 South. Right, right. You're uh, you're offering up a lot of hope because <laughs> Because that's what it is. Tom, did that question get answered? Well, sort of. I mean, I, so here, even if you're a West Coast kid and you're committed to staying in the Pac-12, let's just say you want to play "quote unquote" close to home. You can go to a, a program that is Midland right now. I mean, some of the top tier programs, Washington, Oregon, whatever. But if you're going to pick a Midland program, UCLA, USC versus Arizona versus Arizona State versus Utah, which actually was really good last yeah, year. Yeah. I mean, do you, do you see what I'm kind of getting at here? Like your choices, there's a lot, even historically, I think, as a player the, the, looking to play, totally get it you. matters. Totally get you. Did you go? You went to the ASU game last year, football game? Did you go? Uh UVA, UVA, ASU. No, I was up there. I don't go. I don't go when they're at ASU. Okay, so let me, I don't let me allow say this. myself into the stadium uh, anymore. I I went to the game and I'm thinking this campus is unbelievable. And you could go all the time. And it was night. It was it was fantastically lit. It was everything you'd want as a college student. And I'm thinking, why would you not go here? <laughs> I would never go there. I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> I would I, never go there, and I don't let my kids go there. So yeah, I, so but, you're you're barking up the wrong tree on that one. Yeah. So no answer to you. But to your point, I get what you're saying. Given the 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 mid level teams, why not Arizona? And if not Arizona, why aren't you going to Arizona? Right. 
Yeah, and you've got it. How how is this program going to sell itself above UCLA, USC, all those mid tier teams? You have to find something to draw those kids. Well, first of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ with you and say that UCLA and USC aren't mid. They're mid tier teams in terms of their performance, but when it comes to recruiting, they're not mid tier. They're gonna get. They're always gonna beat Arizona. And ASU in recruiting, Washington, so, USC. And, right, they're 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 in the Washington, USC, Air, uh, UCLA, Oregon. Those four schools recruit the same guys. You know, the ASUs, the Oregon States, even even Cal, uh, Utah, Colorado. They get the next tier of players, and they and it's just because of the names. I think it's always going to be like that. No, I don't disagree, and I've said this before. Arizona's like 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth in that group there. Yeah. Uh, they have to work their butt off to recruit, uh, sell what they can. Dick did it from time to time, he, but he, he also coached the heck out he of them. He coached the heck out of them, and, and, and that's where we have questions right the, now. No, exactly. That's exactly the good point right there. Uh, hey, great show today. you got to come back for day I'm, five. I'm going to keep coming back until you <laughs> kick me out, so just uh, I'll be here. You know, people are liking the show. Hey, thanks, Tom. We'll get back with everybody tomorrow here on 1030 The Voice. Have a great night, everybody.